The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Dave Arroyo. Dave is a storyteller living in Brooklyn. He shares with me what it was like losing his two grandmothers in similar ways, but having a very different experience from one to the other. We also talk a bit about how we both process grief and how sometimes we feel like robots when it comes to feelings. Hey Dave, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Ready ready to just like let let your feelings out a little bit? I know, I'm ready to like pour everything out, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, what, what did uh, you want to talk about today? I want to talk about death. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, specifically grief. Yeah. Um, like, you know, a month before I got married in 2017, my wife, um, her grandfather died and she was like really broken up about it. And I remember it was so weird for me because, you know, I felt bad for my wife and I was there for her and everything like that and nothing like that. But I felt so weird because it made me think about like the way I grieve and it's like, I feel like this, like, Vulcan grief, I guess you could say, <laughs> you know? Like, because I, I don't feel anything, you know? Um, you know, I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, w- my first brush of, like, seeing death was um, I had a step-cousin. You know, my uncle had a stepson, And, um, you know, in the States, they always say news is, like, national, like, you know, like, really shocking and stuff like that. That's nothing compared to the Latin america news source because my my cousin got murdered oh wow yeah um because uh what happened was um his biological father was a captain of the police force in puerto rico and again kidnapped him and murdered him and i remember i was like six and i was watching the news and they literally showed his body like face down on like this grass like completely dead you know and then uh they showed my like my uncle because they were like at his house like literally the door was like you know halfway open and he's like crying and you can hear like like just like tick, 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 all these photos and you know a hundred hundred microphones in his face and like asking him like how do you feel you know like wow so like they that. just like do not give you they a do not give a shit you know and it was the first time i ever saw like a grown man cry and as a, I don't know about you, but like when I was six, that was like the the most freakiest thing I've ever seen in my life, seeing a grown man cry. Yeah, you know? like I've seen my dad cry almost never. You know, it's yeah. Like, I think when his mom died is like yeah. probably the one time I've seen my dad like cry. Was, I think that was more disturbing than seeing the body. You know, <laughs> yeah, me. to see like a man, a grown man, show emotion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Especially because my uncle at the time was very reserved. You know. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And I remember going to the funeral parlor and um, they had a closed casket because obviously he was you know, decomposed and stuff like that. And they had a picture of him on top of the casket. And I remember going like, you know, everybody's crying around me and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you know, I should be crying right now, you know. But I don't even remember like one memory of him. And it was um, we, you know. We had like a brief conversation, and I was really impressed about me. He didn't talk down to me, you know, like you know how adults like yeah. talk down to kids. Like he didn't talk down to me. He was like, you know, you know what's up and stuff like that, you know. So I did like him, you know, but I really didn't know him. So I figured at that time I figured, oh well, it's because I don't really know him. That's why I'm not grieving yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, you know. And then I had uncles and aunts, 
you know, start to drop off like flies, you know, when you grow up and stuff. And same thing. I just didn't feel anything. And I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm not that close to them. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but that year when he died, I was six and my parents came up to me and they were like, Hey, just to let you know, um, grandma's really sick and she's not going to get better. Um, and for, I don't know about you, but for a six-year-old, that's such a hard concept to grasp. Yeah. Because, like, I thought, like, I thought, like, what are you talking about? You know, you get sick, you take medicine, you go to the hospital, a doctor takes care of you. Yeah, you're like, fine. I've been sick, I know what happens, exactly. you get better, yeah. Like, the whole concept of, like, a disease that cannot be cured is, like, alien, you know? Yeah, to a six-year-old. To a six-year-old like... is, like, insane. And I just couldn't get it. You know, I, can't, I couldn't really grasp my mind over it. Um, so I basically, to put it lightly, I became a little prick, you know, cause I thought she was faking it, you know, <laughs> I thought she was faking. Like, I thought like, oh, she's just faking for attention. And, you know, this is so annoying when she like walks into my room and asking me what's on my TV and then asking my name again and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. You just like can't process this fact that this person is really sick and exactly. it's like, and it's a slow deterioration exactly. kind of sick for where it's, you're seeing more and more yeah. of it. And you know, I wasn't really that close to my grandma. Like I remember she was protecting me from my dad. Cause my dad would go on these like tirades and stuff like that and spank me. And I remember I would like crawl underneath the bed to like avoid him and stuff. And she would like pretend that I wasn't there, or if he confronted me, if she confronted me, he would she would like take his cane and like you know hit him <laughs> and stuff, you know. So yeah, so like I remember I liked her, you know. Yeah, and, so, and uh, you would seem to have like a bit of a connection. Yes, yeah, you way. know, a bit of connection. Like she was a protector, and, and she stuff. lived like in your house, or was it just? Well, she yeah, was exactly, a lot? because um, nobody in my family wanted to take care of her. Okay, so they kind of put it all on my mom. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, like my uncles. Um, they would visit and stuff like that, but they wouldn't like, you know, take her for the weekend or like that. They would just, um, basically, uh, let my mom become the caretaker at that point. And I remember little things like I would get annoyed because she, she would always say stuff like, I want to go home. I want to go home and like rant and like, you know, over and over and over again. And my mom would take me in the car and take her in the car and drive around the block and be like, okay, you're home. <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, okay, I'm home. You know? And I just thought it was like, what are you an idiot? Like what? What's what's going on? You know? Yeah, like you just, literally can't. I just understand this woman who's having like real trouble in her late in life, and yeah. you as a six year old being like, "You're fine. You're home. What are you? Why you are you talking about? You know?" And um, I remember I was watching TV uh, one day, and she would like walk around the house, you know, because you know she didn't know where she, she was. Like, oh, I'm in my bed. Um, no, no, uh, I, I think I was in my bed. No, I'm in the living room, you know. Am I in the living room? You know? And th her mind was, like, really deteriorating pretty quickly. And um, I'm watching TV, and she walks past me. And, I mean, I, there's no way, better way to... I don't really know how to say it without being crude. But she took a dump, you know, in front of me. And it, like, felt like two feet away from me. And I start screaming, and I think... And it was at that moment that I realized, oh, yeah, like something is actually something wrong. Something is actually wrong. She's not getting like she, better. Yeah, like she can't can even control this part of yeah, her. Like she's... exactly. Like the the basic thing in, uh, as a human being, she can't control. And like that's when I kind of woke up. You know, to yeah, the whole thing. it was like you with the board of all the strings, and they're finally coming together. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh it's wow, like, this oh, is a real wow, thing, you know, like, and stuff like this that. This person you know? is gonna be gone soon. Yeah. 
exactly like it just it was like i was like oh wow it it's true like people don't get better when they get sick sometimes you yeah know? And uh, it was at that moment that we decided to put her in a home, which my uncles were completely against because they were like going like, how dare you put our mother into a home? And my mom was like, well, there's nothing. I can't take care of her anymore. Yeah, at a certain you know? point, it's like, this is more than I can yeah, handle exactly. on a daily basis. Because my mom had like a full-time job, yeah. you know, and she was constantly taking off of work to go take care of my mom. And my dad would help out and stuff like that, but he really didn't know how to grasp that kind of situation uh, from my understood back then. And uh, so we started looking for our nursing homes, right? And it was the 80s. You know, it was like the late 80s, mid-80s. Like, yeah, late 80s. And nursing homes, uh, I don't know if it's it was if it was like in the States, but in Puerto Rico, it was, they were like dungeons. Like, they didn't even, like, paint the walls, Ugh. you know? Yeah. And stuff. And we went through a couple of them. Um, and I remember going on these tours of all these nursing homes and being really disturbed because... You know, it was just people in beds, like, staring at you, not talking or moaning and stuff like that, or just, like, rocking in a, uh, like, rocking in a chair, like a horror movie. Like, it was really, really disturbing for me. Um, well, finally, we found a home for her, which wasn't that great, but it was better than the others. And um, I don't really remember much about that. I do remember my mom telling me a story where she was saying how... Um, we had a family friend who was our boss, and she was like, okay, I'm leaving work now because I got to go take care of my mom. And, the, and her boss said, like, what are you talking about? And she was like, yeah, I got to go see my mom. And he got, and he said, your mom's dead. You do know that, right? She's There's nothing there anymore, you know. And it kind of, like, shocked her into, like, reality and stuff. And it was soon after she died, you know. And, again, didn't feel anything, you know. I was just... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, and that's the thing where it feels like that was sort of a slow, like, that slowly kind of came up. I mean, you had some time to sort of process this whole thing. Yeah. But also maybe, like, turn yourself off from it, just being like, oh, this is a lot to deal with, and you're still pretty young. Yeah, and I really didn't have that much of a connection before she got sick, so yeah. I, I just took it like, oh, okay, this has to be the reason why I'm not grieving and stuff, Yeah, you know? And so then, like, I was like, I felt bad because I treated my mom like crap. And I was like, if this ever happens again, I'm going to be, like, the ideal son. You know? Yeah, because that was the thing that was that you took away from it was, like, my mom is dealing. This is hard for my mom, and I don't want to yeah. make it harder for her, I guess. Exactly. Like, I don't want to make anybody, I don't want to make my dad and my mom, you know, uh, feel the way I felt my mom feel. Yeah, it's like that thing of, know? like, even if I'm not feeling something inside i know that this person is really feeling something inside yeah. and like trying to support them and yeah yeah and already the house was like really i grew up in a very tense environment like we were walking on eggshells like all the time because my dad would like fly off the handle because um i'm pretty sure he's bipolar but we don't really talk about that because it's latin america you know health you know whatever that's another story <laughs> all together um but yeah um so then like i said you know what i'm gonna get close to my other grandma you know um, Grandma Jay, um, and um, so we started, you know, talking stuff like that. And she, she you knows she moved to Puerto Rico because she got mugged. She lives in New York for like forty something years. Never learned English. Um, wow. Yeah, never, never <laughs> bothered to learn English. You know, and uh, so we moved it down to like the countryside and this uh, town called Bella Baja, which is like really small little town. It's mostly. You know, people from, from like, farming kind of communities and stuff like okay. that, you know? So, she had this house um, where she had, like, a lot of chickens and ducks and, 
Um, she won the Ganna Cat, uh, who won the Becoming 20 Cats, because uh, they were neutered them. Because <laughs> in Latin America, we don't believe in neutering animals, you know? Um, so... My dad hated those cats too, because he a lot of people. I don't know, but in Puerto Rico, like people tend to hate cats, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, because they don't really get it, you know. They don't really know how to treat a cat. Well, I guess they're know? also just running wild. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not like attentive like a dog is. As dog is like very needy and stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, but like, um, she would like we would talk and stuff like that. And she would tell me about the times when she was a kid and the farms and rural Puerto Rico and the, and the canes and, and the sugar canes and stuff like that. And, um, then like little things start to happen. Like she forgot to turn off the lights one time and we were like, oh, that's weird. She forgot to turn off the lights, you know, or she, you know, the stove was on and we smell smoke. like my, my uncle, uh, the little next door and he was like small smoke and ran over and she had left the pan on and we just took it up to like being old. You're kind of getting a little senile, yeah. not like a big deal, you know? Um, but then she got sick, she got pneumonia, and we took her to the hospital, and they said, no, she has Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Eric, my dad was devastated, and I was like, well, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening again. This is this is like a family curse. I can't believe this yeah. is going on. I remember going to her house, and she was in bed, and I gave her, you know, she I, she gave me a kiss on the cheek, and it was so cold. It was like a corpse, you know, kissing you. Yeah. And really weird. Um, and... You know, it started again, you know, like she started to deteriorate and Yeah, so um, you're sort of experiencing that same situation parallel with but your now other I'm an grandma. adult. Now yeah, I know Yeah, how I was gonna say, how old are you at this point? I was like um seventeen maybe. Okay. Yeah, so you have a much different perspective as a seventeen year old yeah. being able to like Because I know about diseases that don't that are hard to cure or don't get cured, yeah. like cancer and things of that nature, because my uncle died of cancer. So I know what it's like. So I figure, like, okay, I know what's going on now. I can handle it better. And I tried to be supportive. Um, but as we came to deteriorate, deteriorate, we, we did find a home for her. And it was very, very nice home. Um, um, had like a really nice backyard and stuff like that. And I remember um, one moment, like, pops out of my head um, when I think about her deterioration. We were, like, at the nursing home. We were, like, at the backyard. It was really pretty. And my uncles are sitting around her and my, my dad's like talking to her and she looks at him. She just goes, who are you? Yeah. And it was just like, I could feel, it was like a knife to my dad's heart, you know? And he just takes her hand and just goes, I'm just somebody who loves you very much. And she goes, Oh, you're my son. <laughs> oh, wow. You're Tony, you know? Yeah. And stuff like that, you know? And I'm going to go on like a little bit of a rant here, but I hate the notebook. You know, yeah, I've I never hate, seen the notebook. You're lucky because <laughs> in the notebook, the the main character, the girl, has Alzheimer's. Yeah, I'm gonna spoil it for you. No, uh, I feel like I, yeah, yeah, I, I she know has that. Alzheimer's, and the whole point is that he's reading her the story of how they met, yeah. and how they fell in love, and at the end, she's like, "Oh my god, it's you!" And they have this moment, <laughs> you know, and stuff. Yeah, and he like wills her to remember. He wills all her this to remember. Stuff. Her yeah. love brings her back, you know, at least for a little while, you know. And I'm just going, and I remember watching the movie going like, fuck you, James Spark. You know, like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. You're using, you know, this disease, like, oh, and, like, you're not going to show people, like, you yeah, know, the, actu how the, the actual happened. You're going to do, works. like, a romantic version of it, you yeah. know? Oh, I hate that movie. Oh, man. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie, like, um, years later came out, and, like, I was just like, I can't, I was so mad. 
um, because of my experiences. Yeah, I have a. I had a great aunt. I guess is uh, we would just call her name. We just called her Aunt Putsy, but I guess she's like my great, like my dad's aunt or something. I don't forget how it connects, but she had Alzheimer's and had it for a while. Like yeah. it was for for one of those things. I was like, oh wow, she's like. Still, I was surprised by how long mm-hmm. she would be around, but it would be a, this thing where you know we'd go to like family events and you would just have like looped conversations with yeah, her all the time exactly. where you'd have like uh, maybe a minute and a half of like catching up. Oh, what are you up to now? This, this, this. And then like she'd just come right back and the conversation would start again. And it was this thing where, you know, like we as a family would sort of joke about it because it yeah. was a funny thing, but it was also like so exactly. sad. It and starts was, out. It starts yeah. out like kind of like, oh, that's goofy. Yeah, you this know? is like a funny thing that is yeah. happening. And, and then it can... gets worse and worse and worse. And you're like, oh, this is this is screwed. Yeah, up, you start you know? to get to the point where you're like, oh, man, this is yeah. bad. Like it's it's nice to be able to like have these enjoyable moments with the rest of the family. But yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it's this like really yeah. devastating thing. Yeah, when you think about it, it's just becomes like oh this person's like losing their soul yeah you know yeah and stuff and uh that's also why i hate in tv shows when they make fun of it like oh the goofy and who has alzheimer's you yeah know? oh man uh, or dementia and stuff did you like, see that movie still alice no i didn't no. oh it's really good it's with, oh, what, uh, with julianne with moore julianne moore yeah, yeah i heard about that movie it's like devastating but really yeah. really good because she gets like you know early onset alzheimer's yeah. or whatever and it's like Oh man, it is like really, really well. It's a very anti notebook, I mm-hmm. guess, and like that. Yeah, it shows this true nature of this thing, but in a very uh, like human and yeah. like great way. I don't know. It's a good. You should watch it. Yeah. So um, basically, with the disease, uh, you start out with like short term memory loss. Yeah. Like I said, like the whole looping thing. Yeah. Like you said the whole looping thing, and then it starts getting like um, long term memory loss, um, and then it gets gets to you know. Obviously, like I said, like this example before, you forget, you know, how to use your bowels. Um, but then after that, you start forgetting how to walk. Um, you forget how to talk. And then you forget how to eat. So, like, toward oh, the end, they had, like, a feeding tube down her throat. And they were feeding her that way, you know. And I remember we're all sitting around um, her bed. And had been like three years at this point of dealing with this. Oh man, that is so long to Yeah. It'd been like three years dealing with this and like watching my dad just get worse and worse. Um which was very conflicting for me. Yeah. So so this was your dad's mom. This was my dad's mom, you know. So it was very conflicting for me because, you know, um growing up I had a lot of resentment resentment. Yeah, it seems like you had a tough relationship with him at times. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And um, but at the same time, I felt really bad because this is his mother, you know, he's, you know. And, yeah. Going back to that thing with your mom yeah, and exactly. when her mom died and that feeling of, I know that this person's yeah. hurting. Yeah. Plus I remember him saying, so, like after she passed, I remember him saying, I feel like an orphan now, you know? Yeah. And it was like, oh wow. That's, I never thought about it that way. And, but I remember us sitting around the bed and they're feeding her down the tube and they're all like going like, oh, mom, we miss you, blah, blah. And and I hate, I really hate myself for thinking about this. But I just, I just looked at her and I was just like going, why won't you die? You know, because I was so tired. I was so tired of like all the pain this was causing my family. I was tired. And like I, at that point, I, I just looked at her like a corpse because she, 
Yeah. Like a living corpse because she there was no communication whatsoever. There was and no and I guess it feels like sort of a selfish thing, but it's also yeah. it feels like it's also in her best. You know, you want her to stop suffering, right? Exactly. She has a feeding tube. It's like the amount that yeah. she is just can't do anymore. It's yeah. just like you're in a place where you, d- you know, you're not seeing that person that you got really close with when yeah. she moved to Puerto Rico. And it's like a much different version of that person. And you just feel for that, right? Yeah, exactly. And I remember... Um, just thinking about his, and it was like over and over and over again. Like, why won't you die? Why won't you die? Why won't you die? And then, like, she died, and I felt horrible, you know, because I was thinking that, but I didn't feel bad about how that she died, you know. Yeah, because I think again, it's like that thing of it seems like she was in a really tough place, and yeah, she there's like relief to that, yeah, in some way. And but in in a sense, like I didn't feel, I I I don't know if it's I felt that like she died earlier on. When she start forgetting yeah. her personality, yeah, um, I chalked up to that at that time um, when she died, and I remember my dad got actually really mad at me because I wasn't crying at the funeral, and he started crying because he was so frustrated with me and stuff, and I was just going, "What's wrong with me? Why won't I? Yeah, you know, why can't I have this like normal person type of grief? You know, why I'm a Vulcan, an alien, you know?" <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and we burn on Wednesday. And we sat around after the funeral and my listen to my uncles all tell stories about when they were growing up with her and blah blah. And um and then like a week later, um, we did this Catholic thing where you sit in your room for like seven days and just pray over and over for like four hours. Oh wow. <laughs> like resant rechant you know, chanting the um the prayer and stuff like that, which is the most excruciating yeah that's a lot you know this is why i'm i'm agnostic i'm like uh, i just was never really catholic um and then that was it we like everybody moved on and stuff and i just stayed with that feeling of like going like why can't i why didn't i why didn't i cry why didn't i feel bad like why what's going on and you know what's screwed up though the only time somebody died that i cried for and this is really fucked up, was my dog, Pluto. Because I got him when I was seven, and by 17, by 18 or 19, he died. Yeah. You know, in my arms, you know. Yeah, so I guess, like, shortly after this grandma died, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I think it was because since I had a tense, a really tense kind of childhood, he was always there, yeah. you know, to, like, comfort me and stuff, you know. And... I remember crying and thinking, and I was not only crying because he died in my arms and stuff, but I also cr- was crying because I was going like, I'm a freak. I, I I can't feel anything except for a dog dying, you know? Yeah. I also feel like there's those people who get affected more by animals dying than people die. Like, I'm not yeah. one of those people. I'm much yeah, more yeah. of like a people person than an animal person. But like, there's those people who those deaths affect them so much more than. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like for you, it felt like, you know, maybe you didn't have this like emotional crying when yeah. when that grandma died but it feels like you were dealing with the the kind of fallout and the lead up to that for a long time yeah that was a yeah. long struggle right where it you're was like, a long struggle where it felt you know? like you were dealing with emotions whether or not it was like yes a physical maybe it crying like, maybe right? it's like my defense mechanism yeah, that I go yeah, yeah. Numb, you know but it doesn't seem it definitely seems like it affected you right like it, it, it clearly did. affected you whether it or not did. you like actually cried yeah i mean it did but like even when the dog died like i cried and the next day i was fine yeah but um it's weird because like i i i feel like i i guess i have this perception of grief yeah where 
you know, you go through this like long stage after you somebody dies and you cry and you cry and then like you know you have to live with this world without this person and it's hard to adjust and stuff like that and eventually you accept it and move on. Uh, but I've never experienced that, you know. And what's really scary is my dad's like in his late eighties now, you know, and he has emphysema, and I know he's not gonna, you know, I know it's not like a lot of years left yeah. for him, even though he's sharp as a, you know, he's very sharp as binds there and stuff like that. Um, but like, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared that like when, if he dies and I don't feel anything, then that's something really serious at that point, you know? So, so yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's really weird. Like my, my wife, like all her grandparents have died and every single grandparent she like still misses and she still gets emotional when you talk about them and stuff. But for me, it's like nothing. And you know, um, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like, like, grief is like this river, you know, and people can, like, people normally just, just kind of bathe themselves in it and stuff. Yeah. But for me, it's like a trickle. Yeah, you, you know? like, dip your toe in, and exactly. you're like, okay, like, I'm good, I got, I'm good. I got what I'm I needed, good, yeah. you know. But, yeah, so, that's my story, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it feels, it's a thing where it's like, I get it too, where it's, I always make this joke about myself where, like, and I don't know if this is something that you feel at all, but, like, I will get more affected emotionally by like a TV show or a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I cry all the time and like a sad or ha- even like happy yeah. things when those like emotional things come together. At yeah. The end. Like I'll get teary. Yeah. It's like I-, I was watching the Orville yesterday and they had this episode where this guy fell in love with a hologram, which has been done to <laughs> death, you know, in Shark. But he falls in love with this hologram of a girl who died like in, you know, 500 years ago from like 1995, yeah. you know, to like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and like he falls in love with her, and you know he can't be with her because she and and she winds up in another relationship because it follows her life and stuff. And I remember going like my I'm like my wife's watching it. And I'm going, I'm fine, <laughs> I'm totally fine. Yeah, you know and stuff. So it's like you're capable of emotions it's for just some like reason. They're, they're, yeah, I don't know. It's, to me, it's like, and I think maybe it's to me, it's like the same thing where there's part of me that does turn myself off to like the real feelings. And then I process it through like, Oh, this movie that had a similar thing have happened in my life. And now I'm like feeling it this way where that's like where my emotional like purge is coming out, I guess, where it's like, Oh, I can see my life through this thing and I connect to it, even though I'm not like actively saying it. Yeah. It's there. Right. I don't know. And like when, for me, like when I, when I, before that, when I had a relationship that ended and stuff, you know, I would cry and stuff, you know, and having to adjust without that person, you know, and then like, because I always got dumped, you know, I was never the dump, the dumper. <laughs> I was always a dumpy. Yeah. You know? And I, at that point, I would feel like somebody died because it was like you'd be like in this relationship and it'll come out of nowhere, and you're like you're a completely different person now. Like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's such a strange. It's like, yeah, there's n- and it's like I don't think you're like broken, right? It's not yeah. like you're. It's just this is the way that your body works, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's obviously you still feel for these people. You're talking, you know, you're talking about them today. They're... Yeah, I mean, it's more like fond memory. It's like yeah, really exactly. weird. It's and like I think fond memories, but they're like slash like it seems like stress, like because that's both of those seem like really stressful. Yeah, but it's like factual. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's like okay, well, David at this point lost his. <laughs> yeah, person, you're just like t- this point just giving a play by play. Exactly. This it's not like it's a personal connection to it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and I think that's just a way. Yeah, I feel like people just deal with this stuff in different ways, and yeah, but 
Yeah, thank you so much for sharing it. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. It's a great show. Yeah. Um, if you, if people, do you have like a website if people want to find you online or? Things I have like a that? YouTube channel. Cool. If you just do a search for Arroyo two zero nine nine. Cool. Uh, which is a comic book reference. <laughs> um, because there was these comic books called Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, but yeah, Arroyo twenty ninety nine. Um, I'm sure in the episode you'll spell yeah. my name correctly. So yeah, that's basically how you find me. So I have storytelling things. I have some. A web series I tried to do. I have some funny videos I edited together. You know, that's mostly it. And I'm going to start a podcast with my wife. Oh, cool. Where we're going to review romantic movies. I'm just going to post it on YouTube because we have no idea how to do an Excel file. Um, yeah. So, okay. yeah. It's going to be called um, Happily Ever After. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much, Dave. No, thanks so much for you, man. This is how we love. This is how we Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts.